At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8-Side Network. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Well, it's Monday here on the show. You know what that means? We've got a lot to talk about here today. Tonight, Monday Night Raw. See how much Vince rips up today. He ripped up a little bit, apparently, on the SmackDown show on Friday. But the show largely went off as planned. And, in fact, it was uh, miles, miles better than Monday Night Raw. Can only hope that maybe Raw was an aberration. I won't hold my breath. We'll find out more tonight. But in fact, we have got uh, the NXT lineup for tomorrow as well. We've got five segments announced for that show. And we've got a lot of news from the weekend. What do we have this weekend? Rampage. SmackDown. The uh, Battle of the Belts show. Battle of the Belts 6. New Japan. Sakura Genesis. With, in fact, a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion the form of Sonata. And so we can uh, talk about all of those shows. Lots of review there. Plus, we've got Nick Wayne. We have a debut date for Nick Wayne in AEW and a first opponent. Although, as Swerve noted on Twitter, it will not be a championship match. The Defy title will not be on the line. But they'll be having a match coming up for AEW Dynamite July 12th. Will Ospreay wants to wrestle on the Wembley show, All In. I'll tell you what he has to say about that. Kenny Omega is going to be doing, well, he's going to be facing the winner of an upcoming number one contenders tournament. Logan Paul is back under contract with WWE. Why do I laugh? Well, I laugh because ESPN states he has signed a multi-year deal, which is funny because the last deal he signed was allegedly a multi-year deal. And it expired in a year. So I don't know what to make of any of this. But we got a lot to get into today, so stick around. Mike Sempervivi joins us after the break. Wrestling Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. What's that face for over there, Mike? God, look at you. Look at your face. Happy Easter to you, too. Happy Easter. I just started talking, and you just sort of like, oh, this guy's got to talk yeah, well, to you for you, another you hour. started talking, so it's usually my yeah, reaction. What, yeah, you know, what's, what do you think my job is? My job is to talk, brah. Yeah, I know, so I, gotta, I know. So you do a lot of talking talk today. I'll see you in eight minutes and 35 seconds. I just finished an hour-long podcast, so I've been talking for an hour already. With now you. i got to do this show. You'll see. Then i got to do the Lance show. 
coming up an hour out. I got to do a Dave show later on. Thank God Wait. I want to talk a lot during that show. Why do you have to do a land show? What do you mean? It's Monday. Oh no, it's Tom. Tom's yeah. today. Sorry. Yeah, remember your old partner? I do remember my old my old partner. Yeah. We talking about uh, New Japan? It's Kura Genesis. I'd like to talk about that. Tom Man- Tom mentioned on that show, and then uh, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I just scared the heck out of Lance. Apparently. Why? I guess he thought oh. the show was today. <laughs> anyway, we got a lot to get into. Raw is tonight. I don't know what's on the show. I looked for a lineup, couldn't find it. Eh. Does anybody know? What's on Raw, Twitch homies? To think that people pay for this program here. Well, you know what? I can tell you one thing. This is a free over-the-air program, Brian. I can tell you one thing, and that is that NXT tomorrow has a number of big matches. Oh, yeah? We got a four-way to determine the number one contender to Carmelo Hayes' NXT title with Dragon Lee, J.D. McDonough, and two mystery names. Hmm. Who could those two people be? We have Alba Fire and Isla Dawn against Fallon Henley and Kiana James for the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. Which reminds me, by the way, I figured out, I think, why I like that uh, Kiana James so much. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I got married at the Kiana Lodge. Did you know that? I did Bet not did. know that. Yeah. No. Ilya Dragunov. Versus Von Wagner, where if Von Wagner loses, Mr. Stone will walk away. Oh, no. Just lay Chase down, Von. Lay down. Yep. Chase U MVP ceremony for Duke Hudson. And uh, Cora Jade appearance. I got a prediction for this Dragunov-Von Wagner match. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think what's going to happen is that, uh, is that Von Wagner is going to win... With help from somebody else, who is going to replace Mister Stone as his manager, so Von Wagner is going to get a new manager, or uh, maybe a partner or something, and he's going to beat Elia. But still, they're going to destroy Mister Stone afterwards. So we'll I get, like we'll, that idea. Yeah, that's what I think is going to happen here. Yeah. No yeah. offense to Mister Stone, old Robbie E. There, but. Uh... He has lasted a lot longer than I, I really thought he was going to. So God bless him, and Godspeed. Maybe he picks up a new a new client or something like that, but I'm all for Von Wagner getting away from him. Bloke's a talented guy, but uh, they ain't yes. doing much with him. They even, now they even talk about it in storyline. They're like, uh, yeah, you know. I don't know anything about you, Von. Just that you're tall and you, you grunt or something like that. That's what he said. And that was enough for, you know, him to get his name on the dotted line for him to, you know, be his client. I mean, what exactly then, what does that say if you're Von Wagner about the guy who's representing you? I mean, come on. Didn't you make any effort to know what kind of person you're representing? This is why Stokely Hathaway, with other whatever name he was in WWE, far better manager in NXT than Robert Stone was. Now, it's funny, everyone here angry I'm talking about the NXT lineup. I asked you guys what the Raw lineup was, and I don't see one person here telling me what the Raw lineup is. So if you want me to talk about something other than that... Oh, here we go. Thanks to B.C. Knight. Mm. He says, allegedly, it is Bianca versus Io, Judgment Day versus LDF. Oh, Legato Del Fantasma. The women's tag title match, which is Raquel and Liv challenging for the titles against Becky and Lita. 
Cody will challenge Brock. I don't remember that. I just remember Cody saying he was going to talk about his future. And The Miz and Matt Riddle. And then it says here, Sami Zayn and Solo. Is that right? Sami Zayn and Solo has been added? Hmm. Hmm. Let's see what happens. It's a pretty good well, card, though, honestly. Well, that's a, it actually, if it actually well, that's uh, true. Without rewrites pans and such. out. Yeah, Vince, uh, Vince was not at SmackDown in Portland. He ain't going to that town. But he did uh, rewrite portions of the show, but not a lot. And uh, if you watch the SmackDown show, it was uh, it was miles, miles better than Raw. And, of course, he was at Raw because it was the Raw after WrestleMania. And so I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to be that guy, but I, I should at least, you know, some people don't like any sort of positivity or, or potential positive thinking at all, but I, I like to think about what could happen. And, you know, if, if Triple H, and I'm skeptical to even say this, but I may as well, if Triple H is going to be writing this show every week, as he has in the last eight months, and Vince is going to, you know, Skype in or whatever, and, uh, you know, Acts this, acts that, but in general, it's largely the same show. You know, I'm I'm not happy that Vince is back, but I will accept that. I don't need Vince ripping up the entire show and screwing everything up, like you know he has done in the past. But um, you know, if he's if listen, I don't trust Vince as far as I could throw him. I don't even know what that old saying means, but that's how little I trust him. But. He did say that he would not be in the weeds, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the last time he said that, it was a lie. He said that Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman were going to be writing the show and he wasn't going to be in the weeds. And, meanwhile, Bischoff sat in catering the entire time, and I'm sure Paul was just madly frustrated. Vince just did all of his usual stuff. So we'll see what happens this time around because Triple H, you know, is, is I mean, he's actually, that's his role you know, that's his, his his contracted role, you know, when they send out, oh, Paul Levesque is the, you know, someone in charge of whatever. I forget the exact title they've given him, but that's his job. So, you know, I'd be okay if he actually did that job. And then Vince, you know, came out of the weeds and changed a thing or two and then went back into the weeds again. Let's see what happens tonight. I just need to keep uh, Triple H upright. You know, keep him healthy, keep him in position, because if he decides to go on an extended vacation or something happens, then what? Now with Vince back in the picture, is it him and Bruce and the old cronies by committee? Or do we go with Adam Pierce and then some of the people that have been acting as agents, you know? And I don't want to say, look, let's just go, you Jason Jordans, and I'm not sure who else is doing the agenting right now, but do you, at some point, you know... Do we have a backup plan? Who is that backup plan? Is it only Vince or is there somebody else? Are there actual new eyes that could possibly descend on this product who's not related to a McMahon? You know, we'll see. But it, it's very interesting here going forward because this is the back end for Vince at some point. You know, even though he's here, even though he's going to linger possibly forever, I mean, it's not going to be forever. And Triple H just also isn't going to be forever. I, it is interesting to see what this company could do as it goes along here in Endeavor because it's a lot different than it was before if there's no Stephanie, if there's no other McMahon or McMahon, you know, acolyte involved. Well, you know, I, I uh, always think about Tony Khan and how when he was in junior high and high school, he was just busy writing wrestling storylines all the time. 
And he ended up getting AEW, and he had no booking, like legitimate with a company booking experience. And, you know, whatever you want to say about Tony's booking, I mean, he's done it. And, you know, he's won Booker of the Year a few times. And, you know, Triple H, when he took over NXT, what booking experience did he have other than being there in the room when Vince did all of his, his wild things? So I'm not saying that's it's a, that's easy. That's a lot of experience, though. I mean, that, well, there's sure. a lot to be able to be yeah, but you know what? from that, that situation. It is, it is, but he booked totally different from Vince when he ran NXT. F- totally true. different. Absolutely. And the, the fact is that I, I'm not saying the job is easy. But I'm also not. I'm also saying it's not a job where like there's eight people on earth that could do it. Yeah, but there's a hundred people on your back in a corporate weird environment like that too. Mac and a with more Observer Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Semper, VV, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Nick Wayne won the Defy title this weekend. He'll be making his AEW debut on the July 12th. AEW Dynamite. It's a couple of days. The first Dynamite after his 18th birthday. It will be in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. And he'll be facing Swerve Strickland. Swerve has stated he wants his rematch, although he's made it clear it is not for the title, the Defy title. So, uh, holy smokes. Talking about right out of the gate. What a summer vacation this kid's going to have. Straight to work for AEW. Good for you. Do you have your passport in order? I have my passport in order, but I'm I'm not sure I'm going to make it to that show. Oh, come on. When is this kid going to – it ain't going to happen. You don't think I'm going to see Nick Wayne if I don't go to this show? Are you kidding me? You're not going to see Nick Wayne debut for AEW against Swerve Strickland in Saskatoon. I saw Nick Wayne's debut in the ring when he was five. You saw his debut at the hospital, didn't you, when you were there? Diaper buttocks into the ring. How many times that kid beat me in that ball pit? Oh, man, fantastic genetics with that kid and a fantastic support system around him. And, you know, Swerve Strickland is a real bastard. If anybody knows the history between Swerve and uh, and, and Nick Wayne. So, you know, I'm hoping for Nick Wayne's sake he has learned from that and does not get laid out and slaughtered like the last time there with Swerve, you know, when he was, which just had his head there held. Okay, he wins the title from him, but now what happens? He's going to be pissed, Nick. Be careful. You'll need more than Brian Alvarez there. Maybe get filthy. Hey, it's Saskatoon. Maybe Brock could be there to watch his back. Well, how about Lance? He's a Saskatchewan. He's a cowboy now. And he, where is Brock uh, living? Is it in Saskatoon? I'm sure he uh, spends his time in Manitoba. small locales. Just Will Ospreay wants on the card the when AEW presents All In from Wembley on August 27th. 
29-year-old told Dark Pro Flosion recently that he is hopeful there will be an opportunity for him to perform on the show. He says, I'm a guy that pops in all the love in the world to all those. It's amazing crew. I hope there's an opportunity as one of the guys that flies a flag for everywhere I go. To do that would finally make my dad proud. He has been out of action since a shoulder injury caused him to withdraw from the New Japan Cup last month. New Japan recently announced he'll participate in a four-person single elimination tournament to determine Kenny Omega's next challenger for the U.S. title. First match in the tournament will see Archer and Juice Robinson face off at Collision in Philadelphia on Sunday. He will then wrestle Hiroshi Tanahashi at Resurgence in Long Beach on May 21. Winners will wrestle each other in the finals at Dominion. Osaka Joe Hall, Sunday, June 4. The winner of that match will challenge Omega on a date that is yet to be determined. I would think that Osprey and Omega for the United States title in Wembley feel that'd be a pretty damn big match myself. Don't know about the rest of you. Well, but I'd advocate about, for it. How about this? You can still advocate for that, but how about advocating that it happens? Oh, I don't know. At Forbidden Door first, because the way those dates start to move along falls right into place. Maybe you could have a match there and then have a third match at Wembley. I don't think anybody would get sick of seeing those two wrestle, especially if Osprey, you know, coming home to the UK, big match with Omega, maybe you never know. So let's see. Now, I here's the thing. I mean, you could absolutely do that, but what I would do is I would announce after he wins a tournament that he will be getting a shot in Wembley, and I'd start selling tickets. And then for Forbidden Door, I would do what New Japan usually does before a big title match, and that is a tag match where it's like Kenny Omega. You can even do a six-man. Kenny Omega and uh, the Elite against Will Ospreay and, and whoever. Cobb and and Cobb. uh Sure, and then away you go. Actually, the, the elite against, uh, go ahead and do uh, Davis and Fletcher. You know, they just won the tag. Sure. And they've been they've been fantastic, and we haven't seen that one yet, have we? Have we seen the Young Bucks and, and Fletcher and Davis? I mean, any, everybody else who Fletcher and Davis has faced, it's been a really good match, no matter who their competition is. So I'm all for that. All right, what else do we have here? A lot. By the way, I guess. Uh, and after the break, we'll talk about all these shows. Logan Paul, officially back under contract with WWE. He has signed a new deal after his contract expired at the end of WrestleMania 39. ESPN notes his new contract is a multi-year deal. This follows his last multi-year deal, which lasted a year. You know, I made a joke with Dave about this. He didn't fall for it. I said, maybe the multi-year deal was 2021 and 2022. One year. The rest of 2021 and then half of 2022. That's multi-year. That's 2021 and 2022. He said, no, it'd be one year. So I don't know. But he claims this is a multi-year deal. And Triple H says, yeah, he's great. So anyway, Logan Paul's re-signed, everybody. Many more matches to come with that guy. All right, well, let's talk a little bit, bit about this uh, Sakura Genesis show. It's so funny. The way we're just limping into this Monday. I'm not limping into the Monday. I'm oh, on yeah, fire, yeah, brother. this is a big Easter hangover going on right now. 
No, no. I watched a lot of great stuff, except now I can't find my uh, Sakura Genesis notes. Why, mm-hmm. why is that? See? Because it's Monday. And I think it's because I did a poor copy and paste. Yeah. Oh, you know what it was? It hadn't fully loaded when I did the copy thing, because mm-hmm. I wrote so many words. All right, Sakura Genesis has all the title matches. And uh, Mercedes beat Azumi and Azuki, which I thought was good. And uh, don't want to talk too much about it because you know how it goes, Mike. You mm. know how it goes. Though yeah. There's going to be people out of the woodwork. I know. I know. Yeah. But uh, I will say that uh, Azumi and Hazuki look great. And Mercedes, she did a good job hanging in there with them and, like, doing all the spots and everything like that. But uh, there was a, a uh, sizable gap, I felt, between the uh, stardom women and Mercedes. But they they got through it there. Then we had uh, a great match. A great match. Like, from this point forward, all of these matches were great. But, dude, there were, I know the tag match is probably, like, you know, objectively the subjective best match. But I thought Zack Sabre Jr. and Shota Umino was so great. Because it's such a simple story. Shota Umino wants his TV title. He's beaten Zack, but he has not won the title. And they go in there, and he's just he's getting closer, and he's getting closer, and he keeps teasing this Death Rider, and Zack keeps avoiding the Death Rider, and finally he hits his big Tornado DDT. He goes for the Death Rider. Zack kicks out. Shota then goes for a cradle DDT, tries a Death Rider again. Zack reverses into a cradle, pins him clean. Place is just like, ah! But you know what's funny about this match? What's that? Well, I saw this match, and I also saw Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, okay? And in both of these matches, the person the fans wanted to see win didn't, okay? So... In this match, Shota's getting, he's getting closer and closer, and then he gets cradled, and people are like, ah! Dang it, he'll get him next time. But the Cody-Roman match, Cody's getting closer and closer, hits two of the uh, the gimmicks, up comes Solo, necks him, Roman spears him, and the reaction was, ah! Like, What? And they just got out of there afterwards. They were angry. Totally, totally different reactions from the crowd. Won't be the only time you'll be able to draw a parallel from that show to a a match uh, taking place on Sakura Genesis. Well, what else do we have on the show? The tag match, which was great. Asi Open beat Goto and Yoshihashi for the tag titles. When Fletcher did a moonsault, busted open his head, then he fights his way back into the ring, and all of a sudden, I mean, I think they were going to chant for Aussie Open anyway, but man, they were, this Japanese crowd, loudly, repeatedly chanting for Aussie Open to win the match, which they finally did with the Coriolis, they won the titles. This match was awesome. Hiromu and Robbie Eagles, this match was awesome. Awesome. Man, Robbie Eagles took 90 Ninety-five percent of this match just destroyed this poor guy, and and he put him in the Ron Miller special at the end, and it was like it's over, dude. It, 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 no can escape, as they say in jujitsu. But somehow, somehow, Hiromu got to the ropes, 
Eagles tried again. Aroma rolled through. Time bomb pinned him. Holy smokes. Let's see they could have... They could have put this title on Rob Eagles here, and this these fans would have had no problem with it. I would have like, had no problem with it. I love Rob Eagles. Let's see what they have for the best of the Super Juniors here coming up as far as competition for Hiromu. But, man, I like Rob Eagles a lot. Then we had Okada Sonata for the uh, IWGP title, and uh, it was a great match. Okada's great. Sonata, I mean, athletically he was great. I will say that, you know, the, the criticism of Sonata has always been he just doesn't have the charisma of these tippy-top guys. And here he was in this title match. He's going to win the title. And, like, he did a great job, but it was the same story. Oh, come there on! Was not that, there was not that, oh, my God! No, Look at this Sonata. He's finally... I mean, he won the title. It was great and all, but... It's not about the charisma. It's about the projection, and he was projecting. He did a good job. You should be we'll ashamed talk, of yourself. We'll talk to you about this after the break, Observer Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Bros, come on now. What? Listen, I am not saying, I am not saying that Sonata is bereft of charisma. I'm not saying saying? he's charisma. What I said was, he does not have the charisma of the tippy top guys. Now, if you want to argue this with me, let's play a game. Wait, wait, time out. Hold on, hold on. I want to argue this. Let's play the game. Let's play the game. I will name a top star that I have seen at a Japanese wrestling main event of late, and I want you to tell me if that person or Sonata, who has more charisma, Sonata or that person, okay? Okay. Here we go. Yes. Tetsuya Naito. Naito. Okay. Keiji Muto. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. What? Keiji Muto. Let me do some Muto. more. Chono. Chono? Chono on commentary. Chono on commentary. Chono doing nothing, just sitting there in a chair wearing Eritrus stuff, looking like Chono. Of course it's Chono. Why are you doing this? You know this isn't fair. <laughs> so of course it's fair. Maki Ito. Huh? That's what I thought. Who else do you want me to go with? Okada? Yeah? Hiroshi Tanahashi. Filthy Tom Lawler. You want me to make people mad? Great Okan! Huh? Yeah. Look. So anyway. Everything that you're saying has nothing to do with Sonata being a worthwhile and erstwhile IWGP World Heavyweight I advocated for him to win the title. And he has. And here's the thing. He was projecting a lot more than he does in some of his other matches. With that said, regardless of what you think of him or what anybody else thinks of him, 
he's a lot more over, and his charisma is a lot more accepted by the fans over in Japan. We shall see over the span of the next couple of months here whether he's able to actually take the ball, run with it, do what Okada did with it and elevate it, do what Tanahashi did with it and elevate it. We'll see what he does. If he fails, it's very easy to take it off of him and slide him into something else. But you making comparisons to some of the biggest, most charismatic superstars in all of wrestling, why not just say Dusty Rhodes in Sonata, Ric Flair in Sonata? My God. You should be ashamed well, I mean, of he is the argument. IWGP heavyweight champion right now. That's what he is right now. Yeah. He needs you were to, a champion of to... Derby City, my Ba-bam! God. You weren't the most charismatic man there, I was not you? the champion of Derby City. Are you kidding me? Hey, well, in all of Texarkana, you were not the most entertaining man even when you had the title. That would have been Larry Sweeney. But you know what? They put it on your sorry butt anyway. Oh, yeah? Is that right? I didn't have the charisma of Larry Sweeney? Huh? No. No, you I didn't, did but not. that's beside the point. Am I the IWGP heavyweight champion? Nah, I didn't think so. Yeah, what else do we have this champion weekend? now because you ran to the back to go take a pee, and you didn't listen to anybody when they told you the titles were on the line. Would you prefer I peed in the ring, Mike? Because I don't think anybody would want to see that. Well, yeah. Didn't we learn anything from that XPW show? You certainly crapped the bed, proverbially. Now... Is that a word? Let's talk about uh, talk about Rampage and Battle of the Belts. There's some good matches on these two shows. And honestly, I think the best match of the night involved somebody that I heard a lot of criticism about when he joined up with Powerhouse Hobbs, QT Marshall. Oh, my God. Huh? Here we go. Dude, you tell me QT and Powerhouse Hobbs versus the Lucha Bros was not an awesome match? That match was awesome. You're tell I'm, I've watched QT Marshall for a lot of years. QT Marshall was actually the first person Avery ever heckled, ever. They ran wow. the future. Of the, they ran the future of Honor Show, out, and people were chanting QT sucks. So Avery's little at the time. He went along. QT sucks, and QT's looking at him, and then looking at me, saying like, you know, what kind of father are you? Then the next day at work, Avery actually sent me a text from Jessica's phone that said, "Remember, Daddy, QT sucks." That's how good of a time he had at the show. So thank you, Briscoe. You know what's funny? Of honor. You know yes. what's funny is people people like to argue with me so much that as I read these texts right here, QT is great at getting heat. He QTV is. forever. Hold on. QT rocks. QT is greater than Hobbs. Whoa, More... that's the problem. That's the problem. Q- they shouldn't QT. even be on equal footing. QT is greater than Roman, this person says. Oh, come on. I like the QT vignette. So now, here's my question. Here's my question. What? QT Marshall or Sonata, everybody? Huh? Sonata, will you stop it? Oh, now I see everyone. QT against Taka. Now that's more competition. Let's just... Taka and Sonata. The is, they lost that damn match, Brian, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Look, if they have a great long-term plan, fine. But I saw <laughs> actually, this dude with actually the everyone's voting. Hobbs. Everyone's voting this... QT over Sonata. Oh, Jesus, because he's a bunch of trolls on a Monday. 
He had the book of Hobbs. He didn't need QT. So then they put him with QT, this badass who's talking about getting shot at, all of these struggles in his life. Then all of a sudden he's sitting there in a Harvey Levin type of TMZ situation with a bunch of goobers talking about he used a man's credit card to go buy himself a truck. Come on with this nonsense. The bottom line is those two lost, and Powerhouse Hobbs shouldn't be a part of no losing on TV. Oh, get out of here. I thought this match was great. Stop it. Match was good. What else was great? You know what else was great? Uh, I wouldn't call it great, but was... Actually, you know what? If if you're on the Jade Cargill scale, this was great. Jade Cargill (laughs) and Billy Starks. Like, dude, this... As a match... Better than it had any right to be. As a match, what would you say? Uh, Two and three quarter stars, maybe? Maybe three? But if you look at the career of Jade Cargill... I mean, this was in the very tippy-top tier of matches she has had. She sold a ton for Billy Starks. She did beat her, but then afterwards, Taya ran down. Taya goes for her move, and Jade Cargill skedaddled. She got out of Dodge. So, as far as, like, from the beginning of the match to the end of the match and the post-match where she sold for her next opponent, this may have been the best Jade Cargill segment I ever saw. I agree 100%. Right down to her scattering out of the ring and, you know, Jim Ross saying she was smart for doing it. I I think you're absolutely right. And at some point, Billy Starks is going to be all elite, too. At some point down the line, for sure. We had Drillistico and Orange Cassidy for the AW International title. thought this was a, a very good match. And the story is that Orange Cassidy hurt his punching hand last week. He hit the punch again this week, and now the hand's in even worse shape. And then he gets challenged by Buddy Matthews, which presumably is going to take place on either Dynamite or Rampage, coming up here very soon. And uh, they're teasing that, man, now another champion being worn down. Is he going to retain, or is he not? At this point in your life, if you hurt your punch in hand, you'd be pretty lonely for quite some time. I'm very interested to see if Orange Cassidy holds on to that title because he is now replacing Eddie Kingston at the Collision Show in Philadelphia. And if he goes and he wins this match against Buddy, then he'll actually have to put that title up on the line against Carl Fredericks. So I'm all for that. Carl Fredericks? I mean, not Carl Fredericks. Who the hell is he facing? Damn it, now I can't remember. Let me guess. It's Monday. Well, maybe it's Sonata. Carl Fredericks or Sonata? Sonata. All right, you win that one. All right, then we had Hook and Ethan Page. Anything goes match, which they got like 12 minutes, and it was good. It's probably the best Hook match I've ever seen as well. Gabriel and Kidd, sorry. <laughs> brawled all over the place. and Not a hell of it. Look at you. Fought all over. Tables, chairs, crowd super into Hook. Hits the red rum, gets a submission. And they had a table in the corner, and they, they didn't break it. So you were thinking, can't be over yet, but it was. And then he gave him the exploder through the table for good measure, which I like that uh, psychology, teaching the fans, you know what, a match can end before you break all those tables. That's what we learned here. Darby Allen and Lee Moriarty. Darby Allen got hit by a car. They just tell us this. And... Like, was this news before they announced this on television? Can anybody help me with this? Because I was gone all day Friday. Was this, like... Well, that's, did anybody, 
that's, that's Friday like anybody, for Darby Allen. You should be well, used did, to this. You know, did anybody hear about this before they announced it on television? No, I did not know. Okay, all right, because I, I, they, it was so nonchalant the way they announced it. Like, you know, he got hit by a car this afternoon. Now he's wrestling. I guess it was a previous afternoon. Woke up this morning, you know, fell out of a window. Now he's here. But apparently he was, like, skateboarding in a tunnel or something, and a fast car, like, smashed him. And then he, like, he came back and wrestled the next night. And then took a brutal uh, flying, spitting F5 by Brian Cage on the ramp. Looked like he landed right on his head. And so the embassy and mogul affiliates have merged. Prince Nana is out there. They need to do more with that Prince Nana. Now's a great time. Get something going with Swerve, too, while you're at it. Perfect combination. Let them go. Forget all the other nonsense. Forget Trench and all this other, you know. And forget about what Dave was saying about, well, we need to have Keith Lee. And no, we don't. Let it go. Something new. Let's go with Swerve. Let's go. You know, the funny thing about uh, AEW, actually there's a lot of funny things about AEW and WWE. And WWE, for a long time, they didn't even want managers. And when they actually had a manager like Paul Heyman, they don't call him a manager. He's an advocate. Or he's the wise man. Like, they didn't want managers. AEW, it's like they have all of these managers. But, like, the idea behind a manager is, like, they do all the talking. And and granted, Swerve can talk and everything like that. But what is the point of Prince Nana being there and not talking? And it's not just him. It's like they have a lot of managers. Like, Vicky Guerrero was there for a while and... What, did she do two promos, maybe? I mean, they have a lot of managers that don't actually, apparently, do any managing. I want Prince Nana promos. Or I want him to sing We're in the Money again, because that was the highlight of his AEW career so far. I'm all for it. Can we get Mo Green back out from OVW2 while we're at it? Hey, may as well. There's a lot of, awesome. there's a lot of great managers out there that are, that are underutilized. And then Julia Hart and Anna Jay, which... Uh, was not a particularly good match. It was the main event. I was surprised they put it in the main event position, especially because, like, you know, you could go, well, you know, they've been kind of feuding and doing angles. Well, so Hook and Ethan Page. Trying to keep thirsty men late. That's what they were doing. Plus, it's uh, it's an anything-goes match where you could have mm-hmm. ended with that and then went right into the second show, but, you know, they uh, they opted not to do that. And uh, You know why. And... Uh, Julia sprayed mist and won with a cradle. And then that led directly into the Battle of the Belts show. So that was that. And then a quick note on SmackDown. Really the most important thing on the show was just the main event angle where Sammy was going to wrestle Jey Uso. And, you know, Paul Heyman essentially told Solo, either Jey beats Sammy tonight and takes care of the Sammy problem or we take care of our problem. Teasing they're going to kill Jey Uso. So Jey wins. After uh, Solo hit the thumb to the throat, and then Solo goes to thumb Sammy, and Jay stops him. And he says, that's enough. And so the fans think, oh man, he's going to see the light. But instead, he super kicks Sammy, tells Solo to get a chair. They go to kill the guy, but Riddle runs down to make the save. So uh, I think, if the uh, if the chat here is correct, it's Sammy and Solo tonight in a tag match coming up on Friday would be my guess. But Anyway, back in a moment with more here on a Monday... Observer Live.
Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Semper, BBL, so WrestlingObserver.com. So this funny fella here works in ticketing, and he got this email, the Ticketmaster Client Newsletter, and they highlight recent successes and announce new features, etc. And they got a blurb about the success of WrestleMania at SoFi, including using the gimmick attendance number. It says here, SoFi Stadium and WWE host most successful WrestleMania of all time. WWE arrived in L.A. this weekend at WrestleMania 39, took place at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. The two-night sold-out performance set a new live attendance record for the stadium, welcoming 161,892 fans to the event. With, it adds, 100% of fans utilizing mobile for entry. <laughs> then it has all these other... All these other records, viewership, gate, sponsorship, merchandise, social media, the most successful WrestleMania ever. I like how they go. They're celebrating 100% of fans utilize mobile for entry, which is funny for two reasons. Number one, well, of course you had to use mobile. They wouldn't let you in otherwise. That's like saying, that's like if NASA sent out a press release and said, 100% of astronauts used a rocket to get to the moon this year. It's like, no Oh, no, shoot. Are they going to drive? They and then the other tang. funny thing. <laughs> yes. The other funny thing, Dom, is that uh, it's tr it's not true. Because I also got into WrestleMania, and I merely went up to that, that ticket counter, and I gave them my name, and they let me in. I did not utilize mobile for entry, Ticketmaster. So I demand you change what you have written here in this newsletter and make sure you get out all the facts next time. And after all this talk in the last couple hours, i got to take a break. I may need to take a couple-day break. But thanks, Mike, as always. Callers and listeners over the studio, we'll talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer Live! You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.